0: Thank God it's Tuesday, mainly because it's not Monday, but also because you can listen to Anna and Marta, your two very good friends from You've Got 5 Options. Join us while we are solving yet
1: another life challenge. And if you decide to share your problem with us, yours can be next. Today is all about getting your life upside down. Marcela is asking, can you prepare for a chaos that comes with a baby? Well, we have investigated and collected five groups of lessons learned. So if you want to know what people wished they knew before they were becoming parents, then stay tuned. Hello, everyone. This is Marta. And this is Anna. And we are back solving yet
0: another challenge. And this challenge is a pretty tough one, I think. I think it's something that everyone who ever plans to have a child will encounter in his or her life. And I think we are here just to give some good advices from our own experience. Parenthood, you know, that's that's quite a journey. Some say it's the most wonderful yet difficult journey that you will ever have. Well, it has definitely some beautiful
1: and really, you know, rewarding moments.
0: All in all, we are pretty sure that we will give you some really good options. Our dear... Marcella. Marcella, thank you again for your challenge. I will read it right now. If you are visitor on our website, you know that this is active challenge number 10. Uh, however, if you are not, then please just listen. We are a couple who are both quite ambitious and in control of their lives and work. We have been quite career-oriented and both working long hours. But now we are expecting a baby. And I am a bit concerned with how to transition smoothly into this new phase in life. I can see that I have already started transitioning to the new role and I am slowly preparing myself for the maternity and a longer maternity leave. I have quite a perfect vision of how it will be when the baby joins us and I am aware that not always everything goes exactly as we wish when it comes to kids. I am aware that it's quite natural for men to transition to their role as a father a bit delayed compared to women as they don't experience the pregnancy as realistically as we do. But since my husband is still working so much, I'd like to ensure that he also have a smooth transition. I am concerned that he's simply going to be too tired to be there for me and the baby. So I guess my question is, how to prepare for the chaos that comes with the baby? How to busy, career-oriented people get ready to receive a new family member? I do love the question, how do you prepare for the chaos that comes with the baby? Exactly, it's a it's a very uh, valid question because many people don't even think about preparing. They just think that everything will be perfect. So at least you have a certain type of an awareness that maybe you need some preparation and you are also thinking about your husband, which is also a very good sign.
1: Yeah, I think it's really great that uh, two career-oriented people uh, want to, to have everything as much as possible under control when the baby comes. Is that possible, Marta? I think it's possible to prepare to a certain degree, but I really think that some mental preparation to be prepared that the things will not be as you expected. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is the best possible one. But you know uh, that we are mothers, mm-hmm. uh, both of us, and we also know how it is when you're career oriented. We also have
0: plenty of friends. Actually, majority of our friends uh, already have kids. Yeah, that's true. Those five options that you will hear right now will give you a very wide spectrum of choices that you can actually take. Yeah, I I kind of like, you know, I try to imagine how two very uh,
1: career-oriented people could approach having a baby. And I just thought it's like a project. So you have to select your management style that you're going to do it with. You have to take care of the team, meaning you, and The baby when the baby comes you have to look into certain risks and how do you want to manage your risks and then of course as every good project manager you can look into lessons learned and since you don't have your own lessons learned just yet you can definitely look into lessons learned of more experienced project managers yes take the lessons learned from other
0: projects
1: So basically, I have uh, been talking to many people about how it is to be a parent, which are the things they wished they knew before. I've heard a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and we try to group them into five groups. So here are your five groups of lessons learned for parents to be. So number one, when others compare and give unsolicited advice, just smile and wave. Yeah, be the penguin from Madagascar. Number two, you're going to make mistakes. Forgive and forget. Number three, don't fall into the parent trap. Remember about me and us. It most likely not going to be like you expected it to be. So be flexible and adapt. And the last one, follow your instinct
0: and have fun. Yes, because actually having fun as a parent, especially as a parent, first-time parent, is totally possible, just with the right mindset. Exactly. So, of course, it's a good idea to start with our
1: option number one, which is when others compare and give unsolicited
0: advice, just smile and wave. Yeah, I think in this option, we don't mean that you should totally ignore any advice.com, but you should remember that advices regarding children are usually those most sensitive advices in a sense that if you will not take those advices from some people they might get actually offended. Uh, Just a small little detail you know that
1: it's not advices. Advice is like you know it doesn't have plural by adding es. What do you mean? Super English. It's only advice. People give advice whether it's one or two. So so it's like like what like people like there are no peoples? Yeah, exactly. Advices is like peoples. They don't exist. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Okay. So basically, the thing with advice regarding children is that it's emotionally loaded. And people some, somehow get offended if you don't take their, their advice. Because they take it personally. It's, it's like if it was an attack. If you don't take my advice, you think I'm a
0: bad parent. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the most um, emotionally loaded response to the me not taking an advice came from the closest member of my family, like from my mom, from my aunts and from people who really care for my well-being and the well-being of my child. But the problem is that you will hear hundreds of advice. Uh, and the, the, the thing is that everyone will want to help you but the other thing is that every single couple every single child every single situation is different so it is many times impossible to apply the advice you have received from let's say your best friend or your mom into your own specific situation because here you have you your husband and your child and you are three individuals who are trying to make a team And the thing is that because it's so emotionally
1: loaded, arguing or responding in a way that, you know, you don't want to take this advice can easily lead you to an argument. Mm -hmm. So that's why after trying to receive so much advice in my life related to my three kids, I have learned that the best way to get rid of someone and the unsolicited advice is if I say, oh, thank you. And then I just smile. And that's it, you know, because um, then in this way you say that you appreciate that someone cares for you and wants to give an advice. You don't tell them that their advice sucks directly or doesn't work for you. But, you know, you say thank you and then you smile to them. That's, That's a good way.
0: Yeah, I think that also saying thank you, I will think about it. Thank you. I might actually try it without actually having a, an intention to try it. It's also it's not lying, but then you are because in the end of the day, you have to remember those people really are trying to help you. But this is such a delicate topic and topic that it's so difficult to advise that uh, that just saying thank you, smiling, I will think about it might be the best strategy here.
1: Yeah, so unless it's a piece of advice that you actually love and you actually think that it may help you, try to cut them off. It doesn't worth it to go into a discussion. But this uh, part is also about comparison. Because there is plenty of comparison when it comes to kids. Oh, my kid at three months was already crawling. Oh, and my sister's father's daughter's kid was already walking. And so on. People tend to compare. So, you know, again, smile and wave. Your child is unique and your child develops in one and only right pace, your child's pace. Each and every kid develops differently. Even kids from exactly two same parents with the exactly same load of genes, they developed in different pace. So you're gonna make yourself an amazing favor if you don't compare your kid
0: to other kids And if others compare, you just smile and wave. Exactly. I totally agree. And if you will also hear any opinions about how you should behave during your pregnancy, how your husband should behave during uh, your pregnancy, I think smile and wave is also a very good option here because uh, seriously, it's like, yes, there is one married couple who expects the baby. They have different lives, different expectations, different careers and everything. It's really impossible to to follow someone's advice and, and just do it exactly like they do because you are a unique couple and unique marriage. And, you know, this
1: comparison for me, the, the difficult one was I had this book, like, you know, like the first year of child's life and I was reading what my child is supposed to be able to do every month. People should know this is just statistics, you yeah. know. it For 50% of kids, it may go this way, but 25% will go one way, 25% the other way. It's not possible that your child develops each and every skill exactly at the same month as it states in the book. So remember, it's just statistics. If your child
0: is healthy and happy, it's perfect. Exactly. Like, for instance, I started to talk when I was nine months, which some of you might actually suspect. And I started to walk when I was one year and four months because I was a tiny bit overweight and afraid to walk. So according to one statistic, I was... um, underdeveloped the walking and uh, according to another statistic i was uh, overdeveloped because i was talking earlier than most of the kids so what does it mean nothing this is just how i was and uh, just to make it clear now i uh, walk normally with no problems and you definitely have zero overweight yeah thank you (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) marta you are my bro amen fist bump Okay, so basically that was one of the things that many of my parent friends have been mentioning. If they knew that it's absolutely okay not to compare and if it was absolutely okay not to take unwanted advice, they would be much happier as parents. Yeah. And they would worry much less. Definitely. So that's one part of the chaos that you can, you know, quit yourself before it even starts. Don't worry when it's not needed. So let's move on to option number two, which was you're going to make mistakes. Forgive and forget. That's one thing I've learned as a mother. You make mistakes.
0: Yeah, I I think it's simply impossible to get it right every single time. I think it's actually pretty normal that most of the time you will feel like you are not getting it right at all because you will be overwhelmed with a new experience just imagine i know that this is again a project management example but imagine you are first time starting to run a project do you do everything perfectly no you make mistakes it's normal and having a child is probably one of the biggest if not the biggest projects you will ever have it's totally normal to make a mistake and i think that we have to really underline it a couple of times because as your child will be probably also one of the most emotional journeys you will ever have, you will feel that every mistake is just something really terrible. It's not. It's normal. You know, the way I uh, talk to myself about
1: my mistakes yeah. <laughs> is like, you know, if I haven't made any mistake, how would I learn? And if I haven't made any mistake with my child, if my child just had this absolutely perfect parent, how would the child
0: learn? How could they grow? You know that, that that's what I tell myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a very good strategy, but I think it's 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 very wise strategy because uh, the amount of mistakes I made uh, I realized over the years that I was definitely over uh, protective of my daughter. And that was together with my ex-husband. We were trying to like keep her from anything that is remotely dangerous. And in our case, uh, something that is remotely dangerous is her going on some two steps and falling down and dying, for instance. So uh, I think that we also were a little bit overprotective. And by this, she might develop more um, fear for new things than uh, she, she normally would. And this is something I have to think about from time to time when my daughter says that she's afraid of some things. And I'm thinking, coming back to those uh, early years, and I'm like, probably that's my fault. Probably it's, it's what I have done, you know, because I was trying to protect her so much that accidentally I scare her away from all life challenges and new things. That's a very good example for two reasons.
1: Reason number one is... That sometimes we do something in completely good faith. We absolutely believe we are doing the best for our child, and it turns out to be something bad. That's still something we will have to forgive ourselves and move on. Second thing is a little bit out of this, you know, Coco Jumbo, no, Mambo Jumbo, <laughs> Cosmic Mambo Jumbo, Cosmic Mambo Jumbo style, where We don't really know what it is at the end of the day that our children need. Sometimes we do something in good faith. It turns out as something that we believe was bad for the kid. But maybe at the end of the day, it was good for the kid. We don't know these things. We are not experts, neither in parenting nor in the greater plan uh, for life of our children. So forgiving yourself and moving on is the best you can do.
0: Yeah, and definitely, Marta, if you are uh, referring to Cosmic, topic, cosmic, cosmic Mambo Jumbo topic. Jumbo. Cosmic Jumbo. You know, there is this uh, really, for some people, crazy, but for some people, maybe more like, oh, it's actually something I could think about, theory, that uh, we choose our parents Because we choose parents that we want to learn from. So following that thought, maybe everything that is supposed to happen in the life of your child, including the mistakes that you are doing, are necessary for that child to experience this and then develop in a way that he or she will benefit from it as an adult. That could also be an option. And another thing is... It's like, if someone would look at me back in the day, oh, you are such a protective mom, you take care of your child so well, you never allow anything bad happen to her. I was praised by this by some people, by some people. And then I think looking back, okay, that might have had a completely different effect that I was planning to. And the thing is that we don't know. Many times parents are like blind leading the blind. Because we are trying and trying and things just yeah, don't come out as we would like to or expect.
1: Yeah, so definitely, you know, you're going to make mistakes. And the best you can do both for yourself and for your child is to forgive yourself and move on. Definitely. And let's now move on to the next option, which is don't fall into the parent trap. Remember about me and us. Marta, please tell me, what is the parent trap? Suddenly we get this tiny,
0: lovable, dependable human being into our lives. Which smells amazing, by the way, and I don't know why, but it smells amazing for the first year.
1: Yeah, and it's, I guess, mother's nature way to make them in this, this way, so we will actually want to care for them. So mm-hmm. it's a natural thing. They are so wonderful, and you just want to take care of them. And that's perfectly fine in a short term. In a long term, people have pointed it out as being one of the main reasons why their relationships went through a crisis or even fell apart and why they got lost on their own way in life. It's because they forget about the rest. Mm -hmm. They concentrate solely on the baby. They don't take any time for themselves. They put their dreams and desires away
0: and they become a mom and a dad. Exactly. And uh, this is actually a very good point because one thing is to forget about your own passions and about yourself as a human, as a person. The other one is to forget that you are actually still married to someone and that you were a couple before that loved each other very much and that you actually have a husband somewhere out there and he has you and you still have needs as a couple that many times are being left out once the baby come into the picture. And as Marta said, it's very simple and easy to fall into that trap because babies are not only adorable and cute, but they are also time and energy demanding when you are taking care of them. There is this analogy that really spoke
1: to me, you know, when you are in an airplane and they show you those masks that will fall down in case of an accident or in case of an emergency in an airplane. They always tell you please attend yourself first before you attend your children. It is because that this parenthood is so time consuming and energy consuming that sooner or later you will run out of charge
0: hmm exactly.
1: And you will simply not be able to
0: care for your child either. If you are a drained and tired and unhappy mom, uh, you won't be able to give your child the best, as simple as that.
1: So basically, taking care of yourself is really the best you can do for your child. And it is so difficult, especially for us mothers. I can't say how it works for fathers, because I'm not a father. (laughs) Okay, that's an announcement. But I know that for us mothers, and I have talked to so many close friends that say the same. At some point, they simply completely forget about themselves. They get so much into children and then suddenly they wake up and they are like, whoa, what happened here? Who am I? What, What have I been doing all those years? And there is another thing that spoke to me so much. If you would hear from your mom, you know what? I put all my dreams and passions away to be your mom. Would you be happy about that? Would you say, wow, mom, that's so awesome. Thank you. Or would you think, hell no. Why did you do that for me? I definitely wouldn't like you to put your passions away, you know, quit your dreams and stuff to be a mom. So really
0: think about it. Yeah, thanks for the additional burden, mom. Well, it sounds kind of uh, stupid now, but actually, you know, the funny thing, Marta, is that I have uh, recently had a couple of conversations with my adult friends and they told me that some of their parents made some sort of sacrifices, including, for instance, staying in unhappy marriages or, uh, yeah, not going to university or something like this. And I think we even gave that examples to Julian. In our previous podcast, challenge of the week number three, the the thing is that now when you are an adult, you reflect on your parents and you start to notice that your parents were maybe tired or unhappy. And you are like, oh my God, why? Why? I, I wouldn't like that. You know, it's like, I wish my mom or my dad would make different decisions and be happy. And this is the funny part because... Somewhere deep, we have this tendency to idealize our childhood, but then you start to notice what was really the situation in your home. So uh, I think this is really important what you have just said, Marta, that sometimes putting yourself first uh, is something that you really have to keep in mind. And preparing yourself for chaos, you have to prepare yourself for being aware that at one point of time you will have to step out and charge yourself and take care of yourself. Otherwise, you will burn out.
1: Basically, we are also like machines and computers. We actually have to take that charge regularly. So it's not enough to do it once a year uh, to charge your batteries. You actually should do it regularly if you don't want to run into failure <laughs> exactly. or into you know being completely drained. The other important thing here is also when it comes to being a couple. Exactly. The the same principle works because all that family happened because you were a couple, because you fell in love with each other, because you got got married and because you were together. If you forget completely about that part of you,
0: there will be nothing to build that family on in the long run. Exactly. Uh, I thought uh, I couldn't agree more. And I was even thinking that there is a very nice connection between what you have said at the beginning, Marta, that you have to take care of yourself and then you have to take care of being a couple. Because if you are also tired and drained and you don't have energy, you don't have also energy to focus on your relationship. And that's, you know,
1: something that is not just, there is not just one simple advice here, because you will certainly have those periods when you are too tired to take care of the relationship as well. Then it's also very important to allow it to happen you should not you know go the other way around and stress yourself completely and go on a date night every weekend uh, just because you want to save your marriage uh, yeah. or and whatever
0: fall asleep on a table full of spaghetti because you are both so tired that you actually maybe the better idea would just to be take a nap in the evening together holding each other completely completely so it's all
1: about not to fall into the madness and not to forget it completely. But you, it doesn't mean that you have to go mad (laughs) the -hmm. other way. But important thing here when it comes to being a couple is also expectations. And we will be talking about expectations more in the next option, but it is extremely important that you talk about your expectations, Mm -hmm. both to you as a couple, but also to each other as your partner in crime so we could notice that there is uh, some concern in the challenge that the father's uh, development into his role it you know naturally happens a bit later definitely you should talk about it and it's great that you bring that already now when the baby is not here yet so that you can listen to each other, you know. You can simply ask your husband, how do you plan to manage your tiredness? If you're so tired before we even have a baby, how do you plan to do it when the baby comes on board? And let's not lie to each other. The first months, even if a baby sleeps pretty well as for a baby, they are still tiring. They will still wake up to eat and so on. So it's very important that you talk about it. some people make like a small contract it's like okay i am working a lot right now so that i can work less when the baby comes then it's perfect but if for example your husband intends to work a lot all the time but your expectation is that he completely goes down in hours once the baby is born it's gonna be a big issue for you so you have to talk about it and find a compromise is there a way to find this, you know, acceptable for both of you in regards to hours? But there are other things. There is sex life. Which can die. Yeah. And hopefully... Or not. Hopefully it doesn't die. And if it goes to sleep, it's only sleeping for a... Uh, uh, for your... a
0: little bit, just the same time as the baby sleeps. But very good point, Marta. And maybe this, uh, Mar- Marcela, maybe this will help you. Uh, when i was pregnant my uh, ex-husband he was not really tuned into the fatherhood and i think one of the reasons is exactly what you have written in your challenge because men don't experience pregnancy as women do of course we feel the baby how it moves Uh, hormones are kicking in i think hormones are a huge part here But once she was born, and once he saw her, and he saw that she had his face, because that's a very nice trick of nature, normally they are born and they look like mini fathers, even if they are girls, he was just totally in love with her from the very first moment. And I've heard that for many fathers it can take hours, days, or weeks, but finally they will get there, because the father doesn't have the advantage as you do. The baby was not connected to him physically. He doesn't have the same hormones, but the same syndrome of cuteness. As we were talking, you know, even with a little kitten or with a little puppy, we like the small, little, cute things. Uh, that father usually comes aboard a little bit later, but he will get there. I, I truly, truly believe because I have seen it. And the other thing that you have, Marta, also pointed out was. Uh, the, the, the importance of, um, of being there as a partners in crime and a couple. Because what I have also heard, I haven't experienced that, but I've heard from uh, some of the couples is that many times a father feels fear, really lonely when the child appears because suddenly the wife is extremely very much into baby and he feels totally neglected because it's only the baby, the baby, the baby. I think th- there is this thing that uh, many people don't really talk about, but there is a lot of loneliness for fathers at the beginning if the mother gets too much into the baby only. So here we would like to advise to you uh, that you should actually talk with your husband about this upfront, and also think how you can together integrate yourself into this situation because it can be really, really dangerous for, for, for the relationship, I think. If you want, but you are thinking about it, Marcella. This is a good thing. Just keep this in mind that it's it's really important to to remember about your husband and try to integrate him into into having this little baby and not just get too much into the baby.
1: Yeah, it's really important to remember about yourself and about your couple. And you know there are many ways out of it. It's also perfectly fine if you decide that the way to do it is that one of you uh, stays with the baby, for example. Just make sure that this is what you really want, that it's not any kind of sacrifice.
0: Short-term sacrifices might work, but if you have to sacrifice something over and over again, it will not end up well,
1: I'm afraid. If you truly want to do it and it's something good for you as well, wonderful. That's really beautiful, but it should not be something that you can ever use against anyone. Definitely. Not against your partner, not against your child. You have to take full responsibility for such a decision for yourself only. So definitely that trap is easy to fall into, the parent trap. And expectations were a big topic here. So let's move on to the next option it most likely not going to be like you expected it to be. Be flexible and adapt.
0: Yeah, I think that this is actually a very good point and a very good option that you should think about because in your challenge, Marcela, you have written, I have a pretty good idea on how this will
1: look like. Yeah, that was one of the things that when talking to different people, that's one of the things that they have mentioned. It's quite amazing but most of the things of when I'm going to be a parent, I will never, or
0: I will always, didn't turn out this way. No, it's not towards you, Marcella, But um, especially those, there are those mothers who just think, I know exactly how I will be as a mother. And then I think one of the biggest disappointments, disappointments that they are uh, facing a disappointment with themselves which also in a spiral goes into i am a bad mother because i am not the mother i am imagined i will be which is totally unnecessary yeah so there are the expectations towards
1: yourself which simply it's not like all of it will be different but it's many of those many of those turn out to be different and you know sometimes it's for good sometimes it's simply because you find out that something didn't make sense Sometimes you just found out that it simply didn't work for your child. So it's not like it's all bad. It's just different. Another group of expectations, which are a big topic for me, are the expectations towards children. There can be different types of expectations towards children. The ones that I struggle with are the ones where I do something especially for my kids. Like an activity that is supposed to be fun for the kids. I put a lot of effort in it and I do something, you know, like really just for them and they don't care. Or they don't like it or they complain about it. Yeah, they are like moody and it's like those kind of expectations that drives me crazy. I'm like, oh, I did it specifically for you and you just ruin it. So that's my thing about expectations. But there are even more challenging expectations when some of us tend to have expectations for how your child will be and who your child will be and what your child will do. So if we, for example, expect our child to be smart and well, not each and every single person in this planet is an Einstein. Mm -hmm. Let's put it this way. It could also be, you know, I have always wanted to be a pianist and now I expect my child to play piano, but my child doesn't feel like music is any good for them at all.
0: Exactly. I totally agree. And actually now when I think about it, some expectations might be very, very rounded and very defined, like examples that Marta gave. But for instance, one of my expectations that I didn't even know I have was my child should be kind of like the, the same as me, right? You know, it's it's my child. Okay, I can kind of imagine what she will take from her father. And then Marcella, you have no idea who's coming out from your uterus. That might be someone who doesn't resemble neither you, neither your husband. And that's the funny part because suddenly like who on earth is that? Is this really half of my DNA? And the thing is that Um, It can be the most surprising thing. And for me, it was one of the most surprising things because I couldn't find a lot of similarities between me and my daughter. Hence, I had problems with, uh, I think, communicating with with her because I was trying to mirror that communication. How I would talk to my young self when I was her age did not work at all. I was uh, branded as a mother that never understands and uh, as someone who just should maybe listen instead of talking well that's a that's a very good point for me like in general but that was one of the most shocking things for me that my child doesn't resemble me in so many ways and this is someone i have to learn from the very basics you know who are you? Who are you as a person? What uh, What is your way of thinking? What is your personality? And uh, I think that is actually one of the most wonderful lessons of motherhood, that you are loving this child and you are raising this child and you are trying to do the best you can. But sometimes you just like, okay, that is someone that in a normal life, I would have a total problems with communicating.
1: Yeah. In general, really, honestly, I think expectations, are something that can ruin your relationships in life mm-hmm. and this is both with your partner and with your children so the best we could do is to quit expectations it's really honestly the best advice if i could give one advice for all the relationships in life i would it would be quit expectations they are ruiners You put a story in your head and you expect someone to respond to that story. They may not even know that you have those expectations. You may not even completely know that you have those expectations. Yet, it's something that can really
0: impact our relationships negatively. Yeah, because now, Marta, I'm stealing this one from you. The message to the world. Love is about embracing and accepting the other human being, not expecting that the other human being will behave, act, or fulfill your certain needs that that you want to have fulfilled. So basically, the
1: more flexible you are, the more embracing you are to take your child as it really is. Each and every human being is unique. It's amazing, it's wonderful, if you open up to this one, if you quit your expectations and just embrace your child, it's going to be wonderful, Mm -hmm. it's
0: going to be great, it's gonna be tough as well, it always is. (laughs) (laughs) We had to point it out, so you know, but you are totally right, Marta, and I think that uh, this is also, I also agree, this is one of the best things we, we could tell you here, that having, of course, I understand because you also mentioned, Marcela, that you are a person who is career oriented and you have a big control over your life. You can have certain expectations towards maybe how long my maternity leave is going to be or how will I get back to work or something. And you can manage those more practical aspects, although here you might also be surprised. That's another thing, because maybe you will discover that uh, you need a little bit more time or a little bit less time on maternity. It all depends on your child. But this is the best advice. Yeah, I will link uh, a
1: podcast uh, to my favorite life coach, uh, Brooke Castillo. She talks about uh, expectations. And I think this is something, the better we are in managing our own expectations, the happier we are and the happier people are to be with us. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, Not an easy thing, not something you can fix by just listening to one podcast, surely. But uh, at least you can embark on that journey and, you know, hope for the best. Yeah. So now it's time to move on to the last option, which is follow your instinct and have
0: fun. Ah, I hope... We surprise you here. Have fun. How can you have fun with all of those little challenges we just showed to you? But it's still possible. If you ever get to read my
1: uh, article that I wrote about um, my five steps to realizing I will never be a good mom. My second child was a real challenge for me. That was like a big thing. And that's, uh, that's something that was very difficult for me to manage both expectation-wise and so on. The only thing that worked with this kid was the things that I found in playful parenting. It's actually something that if we are good with playing with our children, not only we will have fun times with them and they will like to be with us, but we will also discover that children learn through playing. And you can actually help them through the most difficult challenges in their life in, through those, you know, rebellious time, the rebellious two and rebellious four and how many times they will be rebellious. It depends on the personality. But yes. actually through play, you can really be there for them. You can help them to cope with their challenges and you can have fun.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, that That's one of the things, and Marta, very good point. Kids like to be with parents who are fun. Kids like to be with parents who have sense of humor. And many times you will find a relief in having a sense of humor towards a situation. So once I had this uh, situation uh, where I was out in the morning, I think I was doing grocery shopping, and my ex-husband stayed with Alexandra, which was a little baby by then. And uh, for some reason, we ran out of diapers. Uh, so she had actually made a pee-pee, and then she made the poo-poo, and then <laughs> for some weird reason, she has also puked on him because he was holding her as he couldn't put her down anywhere because she was dirty and he couldn't put a new diaper so when I arrived home I saw my ex-husband standing with that small little baby totally um, covered in her uh, giveaways uh, biological giveaways with a face of total uh, disgustion of course and like oh my god oh my god look at me and I just couldn't stop laughing it was one of the most hilarious things i have ever seen and after some couple of seconds when i took the baby and i was just laughing he started to laugh as well and you know this is something that many people would be like oh my god what a terrible situation but it was just simply funny and i think that in many situations when you will just have sense of humor and you will try to just detach yourself and just look at it and just think that you have seen it on YouTube, you might be able to laugh a lot from your uh, small parenthood uh, hiccups. And I also think that one of the very good weapons, which comes back to the option number one, where we uh, advised smile and wave, when someone criticizes you or or says something, uh, just laugh. So all in all, I think sense of humor and having fun with your kid is, uh, is a really uh, wonderful weapon for all this uh, tiring uh, moments, situations and, and challenges because uh, laughing is the best medicine actually.
1: Yeah, definitely good sense of humor will save you a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. But one more thing that I wanted to, uh, to mention in this challenge is the part of following your instinct. We kind of, you know, went to the fun part uh, way too quickly <laughs> because it's fun. Because it's fun. But instinct is something that you should really uh, learn to listen to because uh, so for some of us it's easier, for some of us it's more difficult, but we actually do have some internal knowledge and internal compass. There's a lot of information, a lot of advice, a lot of comparison, a lot of judgment, a lot of that Mm -hmm. around. And it's very often contradictory and you can get crazy when you start reading and hearing and so on, different things. And they may not work for you. They may not resonate with you at all. That's when listening to your gut feeling is the best you can do.
0: Exactly, you are the mom and imagine that when you are trying to follow all of those advice and all of those opinions and all of the things you read on internet or saw on TV and things don't work, you might get paralyzed, you might stop believing in your own ability of being a mom when actually you are the internal source of wisdom. We are all mothers and we actually really know the best, I think. I think that this is one of those things that uh, the modern hype about motherhood is taking away from women, that you have to just read 100 different books and listen to 100 different sources, when in reality, this is biological, ancient knowledge that is in every single one of us. And I saw mothers who were paralyzed after some time and they needed advice about everything because they forgot that they actually have the answers. It's very, very useful to
1: allow yourself connect with your inner compass. Then you will know, is your baby doing fine or not? Are you doing fine or not? Is your baby sick or healthy? Do you need to go to the doctor or can you just, you know, or is it just a cold? But you have to allow yourself to trust yourself.
0: Exactly. I totally agree.
1: It's not always easy. do that and it's in general something that modern people often uh, disconnect with our internal compasses but you know how do you do it
0: like always by spending time with yourself and listening to yourself and spending time with your baby observing your baby instead of referring each time you see something to a book or internet observing your baby trying to connect with your baby i think that uh, as i said motherhood is one of the oldest professions and not that kind of a profession but you know one of the oldest things that we do being a parent and uh, and i think that it was uh, invented and successfully managed way before internet and all the self-help books and manuals and everyone else so definitely learn to how to listen to your instinct
1: and have fun so we hope that those lessons learned which we have collected from our friends have been helpful and really we wanted to end up with this have fun because really the more fun you have the better of a journey it will be
0: yeah and the last thing that i just that just came to my mind is that Remember that as a parent you are doomed, doomed, doomed,
1: doomed. Super English.
0: Remember that as a parent you are doomed to screw up. But many times parenthood is just being there, showing up and and loving your child. That's pretty much what it goes down to. Marcella, good luck and we really hope to hear from you actually if you found it useful bye bye guys we will hear you next Tuesday bye bye that's all folks you are listening to you've got five options podcast where we solve your life challenges weekly remember that you can visit our website and submit your
1: challenge or comment at other people's challenges at you've got five options this is
0: www.yovegot5options.com And remember that our next podcast will be available for you on Tuesday. And if you like what
1: you've heard, please make sure that you leave us a review on iTunes. That's all,
0: folks.